Happy New Year and welcome to episode 11 of the Endurance Athlete Podcast, a podcast where we talk about endurance athletes from a variety of sports, uh, including running, swimming, triathlons, wife carrying, cheese rolling, uh, beer miles, uh, and and more. So Happy New Year. I was going to say earlier that uh, good riddance to 2020 and welcome 2021, where things possibly couldn't get any worse. Um, but apparently that was a pipe dream. I'm your host, Dan Schamberg, and with me, is Greg Hawkins, who was it's, born... Uh, it's darkest before the dawn, Dan. It is darkest before the dawn. I was going to say, Greg is my ginger brother from a, another mother who was born in the 1% without even trying. That's a what? redhead joke, in case you're wondering. <laughs> really? Only 1%? Okay. I think it's lot. even less than that. Consider um, myself top 1.1 1. <laughs> 1 of the 1%. Exactly. So, so Greg and I wanted to, to start the new year at, with the podcast talking about goals, reflecting on 2020. Um, and we're also going to chat with an amazing athlete, crazy guy who makes me look like a couch potato, Andy Glaze, who had a spectacular 2020, one of the few people I think that was able to have a successful uh, performance in 2020 with over 8,000 miles of running and Andy, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, was it over like 600,000 feet of vert? I thought it was 100,000. Uh, I got uh, 615,000 feet of vert. Oh, wow. Okay. 15,000 of vert. And 1,000 of those 8,000 miles came in December alone. Now it's kind of following Andy. And I, and I was like, I have to, we have to talk to this guy. He is just crazy. He's a, he's a, a fire chief in Los Angeles. So he, you know, isn't just a fire guy. Captain, does, fire, captain. fire captain. Sorry, I, I don't know the, the lingo. I apologize for <laughs> all the fire captain. I, I appreciate the promotion, but uh, oh, that's next. I'm just next. A captain. When you see what you can do. You know, you've got to get a promotion there. Um, so, Greg, let's start with you. How was your 2020? Uh, I mean, started off strong, I have to say, and then uh, you know, just like everybody else, kind of quickly quickly unraveled um you know, i we i think we salvaged it pretty much like nothing uh hit too close to home um but yeah definitely um looking forward to 2021 and things getting back to you know more normal i did not realize how much i missed uh just like exercising with other people i mean i i i mean nothing to Andy's, uh, caliber of, of running and, you know, <laughs> props if you can find somebody to run 8,000 miles with you as a, as a team member. But, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my endurance events are, you know, with other people mm -hmm. train a lot by yourself, but then you go out and do the event with a whole bunch of other people and not doing that. Um, I think affected me a lot more than I, than I thought. So I'm really, we talked, about this before, uh, Greg, where you're, you probably participated in one of the last events that happened in 2020, which was the Utolo uh, swim right. run off of, off Catalina in, in yeah. March. Yeah, it was, uh, it was March 1st. And, uh, you know, shortly after that, all of the triathlons were canceled and marathons. And I had an actual, I had a 15 K, uh, like the next week that got canceled, you know, yeah. one of those, like, it was like a hot chocolate run or, you know, one of those big events where, you know, you kind of just walk and run and you're just, you can't really run because there's so many people, but it's just something to do. And it, it got canceled the next week. And that yeah. was, uh, that was the last thing I did. So. So what would you say, uh, Greg, let's, you know, let's, let's not talk about the bad things that happened in, in 2020 with the coronavirus and all things that affected everyone. Uh, to say the least. So let's think about like, let's think positive here. I mean, if you want to rant on negative, let's go for it. But what, <laughs> what was, I would say, what was this at in the COVID era, let's say of, of 2020, what would you say is like one successful thing that you accomplished? Uh... With, re with respect to, you know, endurance sports or, or physical. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take a hard pass on this one. And, uh, I'll, I'll come back. I'll come back to you. So nothing positive. Okay. You did do, I, I have one for you. You did do the, the, the marital beer mile. Ah, that's true. Um, it, as a, um, 
as a consolation prize for not being able to do the uh, New Year's Eve beer mile with, with Dan um, and crew, uh, I wrote my wife into just doing a relay race like one Saturday and then filmed it and sent it out as a challenge, which no one has taken up yet. We, we you sent it right during a busy time of the year, Christmas, and we were kind of busy. So Bridget and I were going to accept your challenge. Uh, Andy, have you ever done a beer mile? I don't think I have, no. It's it's just as dumb as it sounds, but it's it's way more fun than you think it would be. Is it is it one lap per beer? Is that how yes. it goes? Yeah, uh, four exactly. beers in one mile. Yes, exactly. Um, so I think we should have Andy when we do the beer mile next on Cobras. If you come down, you get Carlsbad, and you r- run the beer mile with us. Uh, in my younger days, I'd probably be better at that than I and than I would be currently. You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not about being fast and it's not about being the best beer drinker. It's, I, we realized you had to be the best combination of both, which so far for four, three years running. Uh, I yeah, am. Yeah. This, this is where Dan says he's won all, all of the years in a row. I'm a big fish in a little pond. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all right. So, so Greg's marriage beer mile was his, his pinnacle of 2020 performance wise. And uh, I would have to say that for me, uh, probably the best thing I did all year, and I was going to take a break anyway, was in October, I ran a race called uh, the California Run with the Burrows Marathon. Uh, and it's just what it sounds like. You, you run with an ass. So I yeah. ran a, in beginning of October. An ass running with a donkey. And it was an ass running with the donkey, exactly. And uh, <laughs> I did a 26-mile race uh, in October in... Inua Kern, which is north of Riverside, a couple hours, kind of on the east side of the Sierras. And uh, it was blazing hot, you know, in the mid to high 90s, completely dry, um, 26 miles, pulling a donkey who would, uh, I found out during this, would two things. One, he didn't like to go run except for flat or downhill. And also, they gave me the donkey when they said, I got there, they said, oh, you got Smokey the donkey. Well, just to let you know, Smokey has a girlfriend, and basically, you're only going to go as fast as Smokey's girlfriend, which was named Alice. So Smokey would only go where Alice goes. And so basically, for 26 miles, me and this other ultra runner guy are just trying to motivate Alice to go. Just, yep, 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 yelling. And uh, I was my I lost my voice by the end. 26 miles it took me seven hours and three minutes, which is the longest marathon I've ever walked. The last eight miles were running, maybe, but... Um, so that was my big accomplishment in 2020. Nice. Was running a, a marathon with the donkey, which if you haven't done and you want, right, that's the next evolution of endurance or ultra marathons is, all right, I'm going to do a 50 miler or a hundred mile. Now I'll do a, a 200 miler. You know what? Let's do a 24 hour race. So how about a last man standing? All right, what's next? You know what? I'm going to run with an animal that I can't communicate with and try to make it run an ultra marathon with me. Andy, can, can it carry you got you to run. You got to run a hundred miles with a dolphin. That's <laughs> my challenge to you. All right, all right. It is a man. Yeah, uh, like a treadmill on a boat, or <laughs> you got to you got to figure you got to figure it out. Uh, to answer your question, Andy, it's uh the donkey has a certain amount of gear. Like it has to carry like a, a a pan as a pack and everything. You carry your gear. You can put your gear on the donkey. If you want to, you just can't ride the donkey. So you're basically you got to lead on it and you're leading the donkey or when it's running downhill, it's kind of pulling you when it's going uphill, it can be pulling you as well. Or most of the time you're pulling it and you just have her to get the donkey to go. The rule is you just can't beat it. Did you bring like carrots and stuff to try to motivate it or no, not at all. Apparently, uh, I think you're not supposed to feed. They didn't need any water. They drank a little bit at the aid stations and, uh, but no, it didn't eat anything. I mean, donkeys, they're meant to go forever. So that was one of my questions. You know, imagine going to a race and not knowing what to expect. And that's right. the idea. That's but, pretty uh, much how I try to live my entire life. Not knowing what to expect? Yeah, just in, you know, a blind fog stumbling through. Exactly. It's, it seems to work. <laughs> You've made it this far. <laughs> I've so, made it this far. Uh, enough about us let's get to, to andy here the you know the 
you know, the inspirational story and motivational story for 2021. So when it comes to, you know, February and you start to not uh, succeed with your goals, think about to what, what Andy accomplished in 2020, just without any races, this wasn't like he raced 8,000 miles. He just did this on his own. He didn't get any medals. Did you get any medals? Did, did you make yourself a medal or a belt buckle? No, 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 I didn't. No, I didn't do anything like that. Oh, um, we'll get so, you a medal then. Andy, I want to, I, I just want to know that the origin of this harebrained idea. Yeah, well, let's, let's, um, before we get to that, let's get, let's get a little bit of a background, Andy, about your, your, yourself before we dive into to 2020, just so readers can get some perspective. Okay. Um, not readers. I'm, I'm 42 years old. I live in uh, Southern California. I've been racing ultras for about five years. I've done UTMB twice. I've done Angeles Crest, Kodiak, Havelina, Coldwater. I've tried to do at least 100 miler uh, a year. Um, I actually got a hundred miler in in February before the whole lockdown and everything. So 2020 was, uh, was safe as far as getting a hundred miler last year. Um, although I had a bunch of races canceled. So, um, yeah, I just really, really love to run. And, um, I, I, I like to race too, but like, it's, it's not like imperative for me to race. So, um, I have three kids. I'm married. Uh, like, like you said earlier, I'm a fire captain, not a fire chief. Um, just so everyone knows not a fire chief. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the gist basically. All right. So what got you into ultras to start with? You know, you've only been doing it for five years. Were you running before that or is this like, yeah, you know, I, I've been running for a while. Um, I used to do like, like half marathons and things like that. Um, the, the way I got into ultras is like, I was, so I, I did like a lot of triathlons. I did a lot of like, like endurance based, uh, events and I had some friends make, make me do a tough mutter with them. And so I started doing these tough mutters cause they were kind of fun and, in firefighting, you do a lot of, um, you know, exercises that deal with how the job works. And so like, I, I, I liked the Tough Mudders cause you had to do all these obstacles that use running, but then also like use the upper body strength and dexterity and stuff like that. And then Tough Mudders started doing these 24 hour Tough Mudders. And so I start, I, I started doing those and, and in order to get in shape for those. I started training for ultras so that I could run all day for 24 hours and then do obstacles. And then yeah. I determined that I just liked to run more than I like to do the obstacles. So it just sort of progressed from tough mutters to ultra marathons. And then I never really looked back. That's a, that's a slightly circuitous route. No one you really, I've never heard anyone say I went from triathlons to tough mutters to, yeah. to ultra marathons. Um, but I like it. I, that's the reason why I don't do OCR. It's not that I don't think I do good with it. I just, I don't like climbing over shit, you know, and, and uh, the, the hauling heavy stones and doing monkey bars. Just, I, just let me run. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it was, it was fun at first and I did it for, you know, several years and had a good time, but it also is like, I'm always nervous about getting injured. And I think, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty easy to get injured when you're like running in knee high mud and, you know, just things like that. So trying to save my knees so I can run as long as I possibly can without any tears or, you know, strains or anything like because that. Because ultra marathons are way less injury. <laughs> yeah, than, right. Than well, I mean, it's, it's more or less trauma that causes the injuries. You know, it's not necessarily yeah. the, the constant pounding. So, um. Right. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty, pretty much been injury free except for trauma. I, I do tend to fall occasionally and, and hurt myself. But beyond that, I've been pretty injury free. Yeah, I try to tell Greg, you're not an ultra runner or a trail runner until you've fallen. Yeah, you know? yeah, I have oh, lots I'm of- not, uh, I'm not either of those things and I fall all the time. <laughs> I mean- Because you've been drinking. Well, <laughs> you know, like by the time I get a chance to exercise, it's nighttime. I've put my three kids to bed. I may have had a few and then my alarm goes off and, oh, it's time to go run. So, you know, it's dark. I'm, you know, I'm not drunk, but 
you, you've got to fit the fitness in when you can. Fair, fair enough. So, you know, if you learn how to fall correctly, you can really cut down on the serious injuries. This is true. It's all about, about it's all about the tuck and roll. You just gotta go, you gotta go with it. Once you feel yourself going, you gotta, you know, tuck your chin, roll your shoulder and, and, you know, try not to be a yard sale out in the middle of the street. That's a great idea, Greg. We'll make a YouTube video about how to fall and you can demonstrate that for us. Yeah, they teach it at Fort Benning, Georgia. All right. All right, Andy. So can I give us a little bit of background? You're just like a normal ultra runner, you know, as I would say, just like all yeah, of I would, normal. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, sure. I, sure, sure, sure. I'm not particularly fast, but, you know, at times I, I've had some good races. Um, but in general, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, yeah, just a normal ultra runner. No, another one of us um, crazy people. Um, yes, I, I'm just I'm the guy that doesn't do any of this like ultra stuff. So like the the fact that you guys are saying like normal normal ultra runner, yeah that that makes sense to me. There's nothing crazy about running an ultra. Nothing crazy so. at all. Um, so going back to Greg's question, tell us about how 2020 started and like were the idea first of like the, the initial goal of, was it 7,000 miles and the 600 K? Well, I, no, I mean, so, um, so in 2019 I had a really bad race and, uh, I almost died. And so I pretty much fell out of love with running and, uh, like had a horrible 2019. I, I think I only ran like 3000 miles or 3,100 and every mile I pretty much just, was doing it out of habit, but no love for the actual running. And, um, towards the end of the year, I, um, I got some German short hair pointer dogs and they love to run. And I started running with them and it kind of watching them run and how much they love to run. It like reinvigorated my love for running. And so I, I sort of started 2020 trying to get back into where I had been previously with my love for running. And so in February, I ran a, like a looped course, 24 hour loop course, just to see if I could run a hundred miles again, cause it had been a while and I hadn't done any races in a while. And I just kind of wanted to see where my fitness was and if I, if I could do it and I did it. So I kind of passed that psychological barrier that I was like, that was holding me back. Um, and so like for the first couple months, I, of 2020 I didn't really run that much um and then it pretty much once I fell back much, and, like what, what do you well, mean that much so I mean I'm I, I think I'm on my 43rd 100 mile week in a row now and that started sometime around uh like February or March so I was probably running like 70 miles a week or, or somewhere around that um before that and um but once, once that addiction came back and that love for running came back, then it was like, it came back strong. And so, um, so yeah. you brought up two things I wanted to ask you first about the, the German short haired pointers. How far do you run with those guys? I imagine you're not going to take them on a 20 miler. Oh yeah. They, they can do, they've done up to 30 miles a day with me. They can, Ooh. they can run forever and never get tired. They're like true running dogs. It's they're really amazing. And they actually, I put, I have these Garmin collars on them and it tracks how far they go. And they, they outrun me every day. I'll run 25 miles with them and they'll run 35 because they're oh. running up and down the trails and up and down the hills. And they probably get way more vert than me too, but the, the collars don't, don't track vert. Oh my gosh. So yeah, that's they're, crazy. they're, they're insane. insane. So that's crazy. Like, go ahead, Greg. Do other other people don't do that with those dogs. Those dogs must be going crazy with other people as their owners. Yeah. If you look around though, a lot of uh, ultra runners do have German short hair pointers. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty, it's an endurance dog. They're meant to run. So, and, and they're not like a greyhound meant to run. They're like meant to run forever and not get tired, but they do really, really terrible in the heat. So in the summertime, I pretty much shut them down. That, and I'm scared of them getting bit by a rattlesnake. But in the winter, they just run and run and run. You know what you need, Andy? You need a burrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know. 
Those I, suckers, I would love to try to outrun an animal like that. You know, they, they, I, mean, I think you that need would be to do. You need to do that. Uh, and they have that race in April again. Race by the way. That they do in um, Man Against Horse. In it's in Arizona. Yeah, it's in Arizona. Man versus horse. It's actually man versus man on a horse. Because a horse is not just running by itself. But still. Yes. Actually, that's on my bucket list to do, Greg. Um, so anyway, well, my other question was, what was that uh, race you did the 24-hour loop? Uh, it's a jackpot, which is uh, it's in okay. Vegas. Um, I've, I've done it a couple couple years. It's, it's fun. I mean, it's in a park in Henderson and um oh. they have one really awesome aid station so you just i think it's a two mile loop and you just kind of loop around and um I, it was a 24-hour race but once i hit 100 miles i was just like okay i did it i'm good and you know i got past that psychological barrier and, and moved on so um, how long did that take i think it was like 18 hours or something like that I'm, I, I can't really remember so somewhere around there maybe 18 to 20, something, something like that. That's a, that's a very fast clip. I mean, sure. It was, a, it was a flat loop. I would imagine. Yeah. It's pretty flat. I mean, I think, you know, over a hundred miles, I gained like 5,000 feet of vert or something like that. Pretty, pretty flat. So, so once you, you, you finished this race and you got your love back for, for running and it came back to you. So then uh, what happened next? Like when did the, the goals come in or what did you think you were going to do? Obviously at this point, uh, you know, COVID so I, I had gotten into UT, I had gotten into UTMB for the third, for third time, which is always, uh, it's a, it's an amazing race. And if you, you know, what's, what's if you UTMB? ever have the opportunity, uh, so it's, it's the race in France where you start in France and you run into, uh, Italy through the Alps and then you run into Switzerland and then you run back to France. It's like a 110 mile loop yeah. through the Alps. It has, 10,000 meters of climbing, which is like 30 something thousand feet. And, uh, but it's just, it's, it's, it's like the Super Bowl of ultra running. Yeah. So, so, so great. You, it's very hard to get into. And if you ever can get into it, I, I, I would spend the money and go. Yeah. So it's so, ultra trail Mont Blanc. Greg, Greg's not in the know on these things. I got you. I got you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you run around. Mont Blanc. Um, um so yeah, so like you said, it, I would say it's more like the Western States is like the Super Bowl of ultra running, and UTMB is like the Grand Prix Monaco. Of, there you go. Yeah, of, of ultra running, like Super so Bowl is American world, only. It's the World Cup. It's like the World Cup of yes of of ultra running. Like how many people do that race? There's thousands. Yeah, it's. I mean, they have like five or six races going on at the same time, and I think there's like fifteen thousand people total doing them all. But several thousand do UTMB, and you all start together, and it's uh, it's pretty it's an amazing experience when you when you all start together with thousands of other people. It's kind of I mean I'm sure you guys have all or maybe not but done like a marathon. Oh yeah. Where you all are like you know it's like that, but you're doing an ultra marathon like that. So it's and and the whole way there, the whole race, you have all these little towns and villages in Europe, and they're all cheering you on and. Um, it's just an, an incredible experience. And you're just in the like most beautiful mountains you've ever seen. So, so you get into UTMB and then what, it gets canceled. And then you're thinking, yeah, what's next? Got, so, I mean, it, so the race was in February and then March, you know, I, I was just getting my fitness back and, 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 you know, COVID started getting crazy. Everything started getting canceled. And so everything kind of turned virtual and so I started kind of signing up for some of those virtual races. And one of them was that uh, great virtual race across Tennessee. Laz's uh, moneymaker. Yeah. Which yeah, Laz's moneymaker. So uh, on the morning that race started, I, I was like, eh, I'll sign up for it and we'll see. And then I ended up just like, that really got me going crazy. Um, I think I crossed Tennessee like four and a half times or something. I ended up in like seventh place overall. You weren't even um, first place. Like, Holy cow. Yeah. Well, there's some guy ran like 50 miles a day for four months or something. I mean, I, I, I couldn't quite do that, but uh, I ended up with like 3,000 something miles over four months. And so that, that got my mileage up pretty high because I was, I was pushing that pretty hard. Okay. Um, so at this point, did you have your goal of 7,000 miles yet? 
I think originally my goal was 5,000. And then as I started to get more miles and it was like 6,000 and then I pushed it to 7,000. The nice thing about Strava is you can just like always change your goal. And then it tells you mathematically how far ahead or behind your goal you are. So I, throughout the year, I just kind of like kept getting it bigger and bigger. My highest mileage year before this was 2018 and I ran 5,130 miles. So anything over that was like, you know, pretty epic for me. And then, I mean, obviously it just snowballed and got crazier and crazier as the year progressed. At what point did you hit your like new PR? Like where, where in the year were you? I, I can't, honestly, I can't remember. Uh, it was probably like August or something like that or Okay. I would have to, I would have to look on Strava to, to figure all that out. But uh, I, I got my 7,000 miles in like the end of November. So at that point I still had like five weeks to go. And then I, I sort of, I'd had another friend who ran a thousand miles earlier in the year and I'd wanted to do it. And we had talked about it, but work was so crazy this year with all the fires that, I was literally working like 20 something days a month and just didn't have time to run that much. So when you say that you didn't have time to run that much, you still put in 7,000 miles a year. Yeah, I mean, I was, I, was, point. I was running 20 something miles a day, but there's a big difference between running 20 something miles a day and running 32 plus miles a day. Yeah. Um, so- so let's, let's get to this. So I shared with Greg your video. So, so at November, you've hit just over 7,000 miles, correct? Right by Thanksgiving. Right. And, um, and I'd, you know, seen, you know, we're, we have, we're Facebook friends and I'd seen yeah. your mileage throughout the year. I'm like, yeah, this guy's running a lot. And then you put this video up about your goal. And I, and actually Greg's not on Facebook. So I had to screen share it on or screen record it on mine. And then I had to send it to Greg so he could watch it. Um, you had to send it to my wife. Send it to your wife on, on Facebook. <laughs> so you do a video where you, where you say, Hey, you know, here's my goal for, for December. And there's some really, yet some really great points in that video that I wanted to bring up. Greg, did you have anything you wanted to, to, to ask about that video first? Yeah. I mean, just like I did. So I did a, a 15 miler on Saturday and then I, you know, Strava goals, right? You're like, okay, I got that goal. Now I need my bike goal. But Monday I'm like, all right, I need a rest day. Like how, how do you just continue to put the miles in without, you know, just bonking so hard that just you've been doing it for so long or is there yeah. a routine I mean, in there? It's, it's a big routine. Um, it's yeah. a lot of discipline right. and, um, yeah. It's, it's just getting used. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like, I would never recommend somebody do this, but like, for me, it was a very slow buildup throughout the year. Like I said, the first couple of months, I wasn't really doing that many miles. And I went kind of from 70 miles a week to like a hundred miles a week. And then it was like 120, and then it was like 150. And then every once in a while I'd hit like a 200 mile week. And then I'd go back down to like 150. So um, by the time I started it in December, my body was used to running like 20 to 30 miles a day already. And so it wasn't like a huge stretch, um, but it was still significant. I mean, I, I definitely felt it throughout the, throughout the, the time. I mean, the honest answer is I'm always sore. Um, I'm always uncomfortable. I don't run as fast as I would if I was running a 50 mile week or 70 mile week, but I've found as I get older, like slow is better than fast as far as injuries go. So even though like nobody's going to be impressed with my mileage time, um, like I don't get injured. And for me, that's like a big thing is like, I don't want to get injured. And if I have to run slower in order to accomplish that, like I'm okay with it. Um, and, and when you run a hundred miler to go sub 24, which is like the big number, everyone wants to do a sub 24 mile or hundred miler that's a 14 minute mile. So if I'm running like 10 to 12 minute miles, like for all this stuff, like I'm basically just training my body to run a hundred miler at like a 20 hour hundred miler, which 
most people would be pretty happy with a 20, 20 hour, hundred miler. Yeah. I've done a hundred and uh, 23 and a half hours. And this was like a year ago or a year and a half ago at uh, this one kilometer loop in Julian. And I mean, it was the most boring thing I've ever done in my life. Like one kilometers, like over and over and over again. And, and it was up and down, but yeah, 23 hours. And I was stoked to get 23 hours. Um, in a race, the other race, normal like the San Diego 100, the best I, I ever did was like, like 25 and a half hours or something like that. So yeah, I did over 100 once and it took me 56 and a half hours. So, um, <laughs> but that was hiking in the army, right? Yeah. I mean, we were <laughs> carrying weight. So, right. Yeah. That slows you down a little bit. Now, yeah. In- there's a couple things you say in your video that I wanted to bring up. So, you know, if you if you're friends with Andy on on Facebook, go back to his his begin video at the either beginning of December, I believe it was, and he you know you tell us what your your goal is for this month. And a couple things that you said is, the first is you know I uh, I I'm done with sleeping in, I I got to wake up early now, you know I got now I've got to wake up at instead of getting up at three thirty I have to get up now at two thirty in the morning. Gosh, you're so lazy. I'm, I'm surprised you even got the miles in. <laughs> I just want to say that that's not sleeping in. It's just, <laughs> you're just not going to bed. I, I don't get much sleep. That is true. I, I, uh, I'm down to like four and, a, four and a half hours a night of sleep. Uh-huh. Uh, but again, it was a slow progression. I started like waking up at 4.30 and then it was 4 and then it was 3.30 and then it was 3. You know, and now it's 2.30. So. Now he doesn't go to sleep. He just stays up 24 hours a day he sleeps with his eyes open <laughs> you're like buddy the elf i got a full 45 minutes yeah exactly and i'm bright and fresh so <laughs> at work though you know i'm used to getting up you know all night for calls and stuff so my sleep pattern is already pretty erratic and 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 poor so not that that's an excuse but um but i, I can always your, use more sleep. like are you going out do you have a vest or like are you just running these things cold, like no nutrition, no water or like um, when you so, leave the station at two 30 in the morning, like, how are you kitted out? I'm just, I, yeah, at, at the station, I, um, so I wake up at two 30, but then I have like a whole routine where I like eat, drink, I get all hydrated and everything. And then I, and then I head out at, I don't bring anything with me at the fire station. Cause I have to carry like a heavy radio. And then I have my phone and, and I, you know, I basically just do like very small loops around the fire station so that if we get a call, I can sprint back to the station and get there in time to run the call. Um, so it's really, really boring and monotonous. Like you can't even imagine how terrible it is, but you know, like anything, you just get used to it. So if I want my miles then I have to do these like ridiculous little loops around the station and I do thousands of them. So <laughs> how far is the loop? I'm just imagining station? what this looks like on Strava, where you're running around like a one block thing. And it's like, oh, Andy went for a run today. And it's this little loop. And then it says 32 miles. Yeah, I mean, it's basically what it does. It is. I, the loop is like, so I, luckily the, uh, the station is right next to uh, University of Laverne, which is a college. So there's a bunch of like sidewalks and stuff. And some days I'll just do a loop straight, like a block loop around the station, which ends up being 0.7 miles per loop. But at any one time, I'm less than a quarter of a mile from the station. So I can sprint back there in like a minute or something. But sometimes I'll get really bored and I'll just start running every sidewalk and every pathway. And I'd love to know, see your heat map around yeah, that area. My heat map is just a big red spot, like right around the fire station. <laughs> Um, so yeah. And then when you're off, you go on normal runs, like, you know, 10 miles, 20, 20 miles. So those are on the days, right. When, when you're not stuck at a station. Yes. Multiple runs a day as well. So for the, the, the December challenge, um, on my days off, I would try to like wake up and run somewhere between like 32 to like 37 miles. Um, and then, and in the evening I'd run like another 10 plus, you know, so I'd end up with like around 45 to 47 miles a day um, and then wake up and do it again. But like, as far as the question about the kit, like when I'm home, 
some days I'll like wear a kit if I'm like running far from my house. Um, ideally what I like to do is I start off cause it's December, it's cold and I'll wear all my warm clothes and everything. And after like seven or eight miles, I'll run back to my house and I'll drop it all. And, um, I'll bring like one Laura bar or something like that with me and then go run another, you know, like 30 miles. Uh, I've trained my body to use very little water or food on long runs. It's probably not ideal, but, um, over time I just, I've trained my body to do that. So during a race, I'll eat a lot, but if I'm just running and I know, Hey, I'm only going to run 30 miles, then, you know, sometimes I'll go that whole 30 miles on like a hundred calories. That's crazy. Again, you know, it's like you're always taught, you know, five before every 45, obviously that's like preached by the people who sell the nutrition. Yeah. Well, research has shown, you know, you know, as a strength conditioning coach for performance, you do need calories, you know, two to three, anywhere two to 500, depending on how big you are every hour you need, you know, to continually hydrate hydration has the biggest impact on performance above anything. Right. If you lose 1% of your body weight, it has a, you know, a, a big impact on your performance. But if you're just going out there logging miles, and again, I wouldn't recommend this to my clients and things like this. I mean, no. it's, it's, it's about time, you know, over time, he's becoming more fat adapted. He's, he's, he's running slower. He's adding miles gradually. And eventually, you know, you, you just start drinking less water, I guess, you know, it, it becomes more of a nuisance to carry it than it is to, the benefit well, and in the in the summertime when I sweat a lot more, like um, I drink a lot more water and I bring water. But in the winter when it's cold and I don't really sweat, and you know I keep my heart rate like pretty much like right around like one fifty, and it's just like I'm just like I'm just cruising. Um, I just don't get thirsty, and I find that if I don't get thirsty, then I don't really need water. But I know where every drinking fountain in my entire, you know, 20 mile radius is. And so if I find that I need water, I can go find a drinking fountain and, and give myself a couple ounces and then continue on. So, but yeah, pretty much everything I do is opposite of what they tell you you should do. And it, and, and I always tell people, don't listen to me and don't do anything that I do. It just happens to work for me. Well, I mean, it but, does sound like it's not like you just pick this up like cold. Like there's there's some history, right? There's like been a build up. Decade. Yeah, very. So slow you build-up. said off off the cuff, you know, like oh, 2019 was a terrible year for me. I only did 3,000 miles. That's farther than most people run in their whole entire lives. So, True. right. So that's that's a pretty good baseline that you're starting from. Um, and it took a long time to get there. Right now yeah, I'm almost, I think I'm almost at 30,000 miles on Strava. And I think I've been on Strava. For, <laughs> you've, for five, you've gone years. First, you're around the world and, and across and into the ocean again. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Strava's data gathering tools. So it's, for it's sure. been fun to keep track of everything. Now, another thing that you say in your, your video at the beginning of December that, you know, announcing your, your thousand mile challenge is, and I love this. You, you said, you know, and this towards the end of it, you said, you got to remind yourself that nobody cares, nobody right? Cares. Just and do it for yourself. And I love that because I tell people and, and, you know, like no one cares what you, what you do on Strava, you know, no one cares that you run a hundred miles. No one cares that you've done a marathon or a half marathon or whatever, like, and, and that's the mindset you have to have, I think. That do right. That. Yeah. I think there's a lot of like, it's like that water cooler. Like people like to do things to like brag, but at the end of the day, like if that's your only motivation, then that will die out pretty quick. So at, you do, you have to, I, I love to run. And at the end of the day, I run all these crazy miles because it's something that I just really like to do and it makes me happy. And it helps me deal with issues I have. And so I do it and I'm self-motivated on that level. Um, it, I obviously like that I inspire people and, and, and that makes me feel good, but that's not what motivates me to do it. Um, it's just it, on the mundane level. Like what? So 30 miles, 10 minute miles, you know, you're, 
you're out there for, you know, that's a, that's a while. Five hours a day, roughly five. Yeah. Five hours a day. Um, you're not running with, I, I would assume that you're not running with music. I would assume you're just running and. Uh, you know, I, I do, a, I, I do like music. Um, but I also, uh, I listen to a lot of books on tape or I guess they're not called books on tape anymore, but, uh, uh, audio books. Um, I, I like to listen to stories and then I also, I talk on the phone a lot when I run, um, especially during the day. Um, my wife, because I run so much, my wife basically has told me that I have to handle all my business while I'm running. So I multitask. Um, I'm the union president for my local International Association of Firefighters um, Union. And so that requires a lot of conversations with people and, and, and whatnot. And so all of that business has to be done while I'm running. So there, there's a lot of phone conversations so I'm running and then listening to audiobooks and then just music in general, podcasts. Um, I, I have those aftershocks. I don't know if you guys have ever seen those. I'm not sponsored by anything. It's, I'm not promoting anything, but <laughs> don't it's, worry that the reach of this, uh, this podcast. Yeah. This, this, this is going to be our big, our big reach here, but no, so you, I've only run with AirPods. So you run with aftershocks. Yeah. And they're bone conducting. So you can still use your ears. So the, the nice, nice thing about them is, um, you know, you can hear cars, you can hear mountain lions, whatever. Um, and, but then you can also listen to your music or your podcast or your audio book or whatever, or your phone conversation, um, while you run. So, so. Of, of mountain lions, I'm going to ask you a little bit later. Don't let me forget about coyotes. I saw something happened to you in April Oh yeah, with coyotes. Um, so as far as the thousand miles in December, was there any point during the, the month where you thought I'm not going to make it or was there ever like, what? you had to have low points. You can't be running this much. And, and cause when I run a hundred mile race, I think every time I run it or any race for that matter, why the hell am I doing this? Like, I'm never going to do this again. I'm just going to run a 5k a couple times a week and I'll be happy. And you know, so you get to these low points. Did you have any of those? Uh, trying to hit so on, on the 11th, I, I, we we had a small fire that we were fighting and during the overhaul period, I had a huge piece of metal fall down and smash my ankle. And um, it was like my ankle swelled up really, really big. And um, I had like edema. It was like hot to the touch. Pretty much every step I took was pretty painful. And uh, I would say that was a low point because I was 11, 11 days in. I had a long way to go. And I was thinking to myself, man, am I, is this like a, do I have a sprained ankle? Do I have a bone fracture? You know, what's, what's, am I going to be able to complete the challenge? And, um, you know, I had a lot of anxiety and stress about that, but, uh, I just gutted through it and the swelling went down and then went away and I just kept running. So wouldn't, again, would not recommend that. Um, probably not a smart thing to do, but uh, I guess I got lucky. So, so otherwise but, you, you don't have these low points. You're just, you know, you keep using the, everything to keep you distracted. You're just so busy when you're running. you like, you don't even have time to think about it. It's not that I don't have the low in, a, in an ultra. I definitely get lots of low points, but in this, it was like, I, I never ran long enough to get the low point really. I mean, I'd get like stiff and sore, you know, when you're like on your third day of running 45 miles, um, and I guess you could say that was a low point, but again, if you're only running 45 miles or 30 miles at a time, like, you know, where your end point is and it's not really that far. So, and I was like, really, really, I'm a goal oriented person. And so I was really motivated to do it. And so every day I would get closer to my goal, which would motivate me more and make me feel stronger and better. So as it progressed and I got closer and closer to the goal, it just made me feel stronger and stronger but in like a hundred miler like i yeah it's it's a roller coaster of emotions as, as you continue on for sure your body just really is constantly wanting to quit you know 
puts you through all sorts of emotional toil in order to try to get you to stop. <laughs> I would imagine. What does, uh, you know, so you, 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 how many miles did you get in December total? So you, you achieved your goal, obviously. Yeah, I got a thousand sixty six. So I, I I finished it with basically two days to go and then ran another sixty six miles. All right. So I think the last day I ran like 40, 43 just for fun. Just because, I mean, yeah, I was already in the mood to run a lot. And so I just did it. At that point, you're an autopilot. Are, so now that you've done this, are are you, is this, I mean... <laughs> This seems like <laughs> seems like you're not gonna just like get zero miles for 2021. So, right. So what's what's Act Two? Yeah, I mean that just like in 2020, I didn't really know what my goals were in the beginning. So I don't know. I don't know what the year's gonna. You know, obviously this year's kind of starting off like a dumpster fire again, and <laughs> who knows what's what's really gonna happen. Um, I was pretty disappointed with last year with all the, you know, I lost thousands of dollars in race, you know, entries and Airbnb cancellations and all this stuff. And so as much as I want to get hyped up and excited about signing up for races again and doing all that, I'm like, I don't even know if it's going to happen. So um, I don't know. I know everyone's like, Oh, January 1st, you, you set goals. And my, my goal in 2020 was to not eat sweets for the whole year. And I was successful. So um, I don't, anything you I, achieved I, in 2020, that was your, I think that's a big, you not eating sweets. Screw the 8,000 yeah. miles and the, the 6,000. <laughs> I never had any dessert, any, nothing like no, no, Seriously, no like, like, God, you got to balance it with something. <laughs> well, my question to you also is to ask, you know, like, tell us about like how much you eat. You've right. Got, yeah. You've got to be like the Michael yeah. Phelps of ultra running. I, I do eat a lot. Um, Michael so, Phelps has nothing on Andy, man. Well, Seriously. I'm sure he's, you know, the other thing that complicates things for me is that, um, so I've been a vegetarian for like 15 years. And then in March of, uh, last year, I went full vegan. I started having some like, like dairy allergy things. And so I gave up dairy and then pretty much once you're a vegetarian and you give up dairy that makes you a vegan. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So like now I'm a vegan and so all, everything I eat is plant-based. Luckily I live uh, near Loma Linda, um, California, which is like yep. the vegetarian, you know, it's a, there's seven Adventist. Yeah. So they're all yeah. like, we have tons of vegan restaurants. All the grocery stores carry tons of vegan food. And so, um, it, it makes it a lot easier, but realistically I ran for so many hours a day. The only way I could do it was that my, my wife, like just was like my aid station captain and just cooked and cooked and cooked and got me food like nonstop. So, um, without her, I would have probably just wasted away and died. But yeah, well, like what, what she, is her, uh, I mean, she's exactly. obviously very supportive, um, and like but, wives, I would say, you know, I was going to ask the same question to Greg. Like, yeah, she's supportive. Um, like, Greg, would you be able to do any of the stuff you do without Abby's support? No, not not at all. I mean, it's begr it's begrudging support, but she knows that I will <laughs> go absolutely insane if I don't, like, get out of the house and run or ride or swim or bike or do whatever. Um, so she, like, supports it in that. But, like never to the extent of I'm going to be gone for five hours at a time every single day for the entire year. Um, yeah. Well, then that's one of the worked reasons it into your work schedule as well. I would say that's one of the reasons I wake up so early too, is just um, she sleeps in. And so ideally I get most of my miles while she's asleep and while the kids are asleep. And so when I return home with my miles, they're just getting up or they've just been up for a little bit of time. And so I don't really miss like the family time. Um, and then when I run at night, it's kind of like during their like wind down time. So, you know, they're on their tablets or playing video games or something like that anyway. So I'm not really missing any like 
critical time with the kids or, or, or the family. Um, and I get the whole afternoon with them. So I think, I think that's great, Andy, because that's the same thing I, I try to do. Obviously it's not to your, your level is, you know, the reason I don't do, I do very little running on the weekends and it's because that's family time and I feel bad, you know, missing out on, on that family time. So I try to do most of my miles, you know, when I'm working or when I was working really, you know, a lot more and, you know, just that's how we get my miles in. And now probably the only, I've got a, a treadmill at home so I can hop on any time, but I think without that support, you know, you can't get it. In fact, I think you should give her the medal that we're going to get you. Yeah, she definitely, she's the one that when I told her the idea, she was the one that said, go do it and was super supportive about it. Otherwise I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have attempted it. Um, there, there'd be no, no way I could have accomplished it without her. So big props to her. Thanks, Lauren. <laughs> so, um, so I've got two more questions for you, for you, Andy. You know, I know, you know, you're not sure what for 2021 holds. Greg, do you have any questions for Andy? Um, well, I just, you know, just like nerding out, you said you like the Strava data. And, uh, right. you know, I was super pissed at Strava when they turned it into, you know, the subscription, if you wanted, you know, access to all the goodies. And now I'm, I'm like a, addicted to the, you know, the relative effort tracking software. So on your like relative effort weekly totals, like what were you get? Like, I want to know, it, it, does it plateau? And then you're just, you're stuck at like a relative effort because you, you know, you're, you're never over 150 beats per minute, but you're just going for eight hours a day. Like, what does that do to your, your relative effort? So, yeah, on, on that, it's kind of crazy. Like it's, it's a huge, I think I have like a 460% increase over the year. So it's just this huge, like arrow straight up into the air right now. But like when you week, look at week, what's to that? Week, week to week, is it just like screaming at you in red? Like you're. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it just keeps climbing. I mean, you know, it's same with Garmin. My Garmin tells me to take four days off after every run. So. <laughs> And then I'll wake up and it tells me that I need more sleep, that I didn't get enough rest. And Garmin has a lot of really interesting um, information too. Like it has stress levels and um, what's the other thing that it has? HRV. Yeah. So, I mean, all all that stuff tells me. None of that means anything for what you're doing. Probably not. But it's it's, the interesting thing about the Garmin stress level though, is if I ever do get sick, it always picks it up before I feel that I'm getting sick. Oh, really? It's always able to like identify that I'm getting sick, but yeah, I mean, it, it shows me just like, I'm not plateaued. I I'm like, really, it's like a sharp, sharp upward incline that I just keep going up is with these miles. So I, I don't know. I, I think that's wow. the most inspirational thing that you've said is just ignore the shit out of that and just keep going. Yeah. yeah. When Garmin tells me I got to rest for four days. I'm like, I'm not going to rest. That's insane. Come on. <laughs> I wish it was a little bit more adaptive to like, you know, like they could look at what I do and then say, Oh, okay. Well, he's just going to do this again tomorrow. So maybe rest eight hours or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So a couple of things I was going to ask you is you said a minute ago, you're, you know, you do most of your runs and let, let your wife sleep in. And I said, no, 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 she's not sleeping in. That's what most people call just sleep. It's the middle of the night when you're running. Right. Yeah. She's yeah, not sleeping it's very in. True. <laughs> If she doesn't sleep in, it's just, yeah, just normal sleep pattern. You have like, you know, four more hours before most people are getting up. <laughs> um, um, so the last two things, one is chafage. Like, like how do you manage that? I don't mean, that many miles. Like I, I go on like a 30 mile and I, you know, I got to put Vaseline all over myself. I mean, I do that mainly because I like it, but not because it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I use a lot of different like Lou products, um, for a long time, I use trail toes. Um, I, 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 a lot of times, like when I run hundred milers, I'll put it on my feet. Um, and then, you know, put it in various spots lately. I, I, I did this race and I forgot my trail toes and I picked up glide, which is like the, you know, what, what everyone's used runner sports version. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's worked, it's worked really well for me and it's like cheap. Um, same with like calories and everything. When you run this much, 
there's like a, I, I try to find the cheapest thing that'll get me the results that I want. So, um, Glide's been working for me lately. Trail Toes works for me. I've used the squirrel nut butter. But yeah, I lube up every morning, uh, inner thighs, butt cracks, you know, everywhere. Like I, I chafe like uh, under my armpits. Um, and, and then I normally like bring a little Ziploc bag with some like lube in it too, in like one of like my pockets, just in case I start chafing while I'm out on the, on the trails. That's funny. Have you ever been called out? Because um, I I have like, you know, the, the chafing stuff and it's just in the trunk of my car always. And, you know, you open it up and, you know, I'm, I'm in construction industry. So you're always just like doing stuff in the back in, in your trunk. And people are just like, why do you have a vat of Vaseline back there? And I'm like, oh, you don't, you don't want to know. What's squirrel's <laughs> nut butter? <laughs> uh, you don't know what that is no 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 I'm like that's what people's uh, like Greg, you know i know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we talked i asked uh, earlier so you were talking about mountain lions early and you're running with your dogs so tell us you know lastly last thing i was asked tell us the story about when you were chased by coyotes yeah so at some point uh last year i i run in this like pretty good sized park uh in my city that has probably about 20 miles worth of trails and a lot of like sort of medium density brush and the dogs just run like wild throughout the whole park while I'm running on the trails. And um, they must've like discovered like a coyote den or something because they they, like basically three like very large coyotes um, came out and started chasing us down the trail. Um, And I didn't know my camera was on my phone, but I had like somehow started the video. So it's like me running. And then I like turn around and I see the coyotes and they're literally running down the trail, chasing us. And then they started doing this like flanking pattern where two of them went on each side of me. And then one ran ahead and like blocked me from exiting the trail. And then they started getting like closer and closer. And they were making these like, weird barking noises and everything so i basically had to pick up both my dogs and walk out of the trail system with these coyotes kind of just like circling us um (laughs) but after that i definitely did not run with my dogs for a while because i was like you know i was scared they were gonna get eaten and uh i bought like a little pepper spray gun and i had planned i was gonna bring that but i never i never have brought it um (laughs) We've had a lot of fires in our area and the amount of coyotes that are now in my city are, it's just astronomical. Um, but, but in general, like I've never had an issue with coyotes. So it was like a really bizarre situation to have them like stalk me and come after me. It's, you're, um, I see them all the time here in San Diego on runs and I see them across the street and they're near me. I'm like, I'd never think, I would never think twice about a coyote. I'm like, oh, it's a small dog. Yeah, exactly. It's I like mean, a these, medium these are, sized dog. Anything These are good ones. Thirty pounds is a cat. Yeah, and normally when I see a coyote, I chase it, and I try to like get it because I want them to be scared of humans. Um, but yeah, these these guys were not scared of me at all. I was throwing rocks at them, and you know, I was they did not care at all. So, do you think it was because it, it, of the the dogs that you were you were with? Because yeah, I think they, they they I think they probably wanted to eat my dogs, but it was just. Even still, I've run into coyotes out there like multiple times and they've never chased me. They always run away. So, right. um, but yeah, those three, they, they must have been hungry or something. So it was definitely a, you know, an, exper- an adrenaline experience for me. And I just happened to like have a kind of a video of it, you know, I didn't, didn't mean to shoot it. So great. But, well, Thanks for Andy. Thanks for joining us today. You know, on this inaugural episode uh, for 2021 of the Endurance Athlete Podcast. You know, hopefully now listening, you know, you've got goals. Andy can do it during COVID, 8,000 miles, 8,000 <laughs> miles in December. Um, so you know, set some big goals for yourself for for this year, even if you don't achieve them. You know, Andy, like, what would you recommend to anybody who wants to set a big goal? Like, what are like, or even like, hey, I want to run a lot of miles this year. Like, what what have you learned? 
from doing that? I, I think the biggest thing is you just can't be afraid to fail. I think, um, you know, failure is a very important aspect of ultra running. Yeah. I have failed so many times. I have DNF so many races. I have just had so many terrible things happen and it's just, you fail and then you go back to the drawing board and you go, okay, what can I do to make it better? And then you try that. And if that doesn't work, then you go back and you say, okay, what can I do to make it better? And you try that. Um, but if you don't set big goals, then you won't fail. And if you don't fail, then you will never grow and become better. So for me, I'm always trying to, I, I really did think I was going to fail at the December thousand mile challenge. I didn't think I was going to be successful. So just walk that razor line of like, is this too much? Yeah, probably is, but I'm going to try to do it anyways. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're not setting the bar high enough that you need to actually jump over it, then, you know, what's the point of setting the goal? Exactly. But I, I just think failures, it's, it's just a great thing. So I try to right. do it as much as possible. All right. Andy, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate this. And uh, I, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm not going to run tonight. Don't worry. I'm not that stoked. <laughs> I, I ran already today, so um, in my Garmin, I, unfortunately, it said I needed to rest for 25 hours, so I've got, <laughs> until, I've got until tomorrow afternoon at 6, because I Perfect. stay strictly to that. Yeah, I'm at 20 miles for the week. I'm, I'm working on getting my 40-mile average and, you know, preparing for 2021. Um, right now, the only thing I have signed up for is Vol State in 2021, going back. Oh, that's I, I would love to do that someday. That's uh, yeah. I've done it once. Greg, have you heard of the Vol State? Have I mentioned this before? No, 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 no. no. Only every episode, <laughs> every single one. So, you know, so I'm, wor I'm working on getting 40 miles average a week for this month and gradually building up uh, for my longer runs for that state. Greg, what are your goals for 2021? Um, yeah, so I, I did 15 miles a week last year. Um, I want to push it to 25 for, for this year. Um, but yeah, I, I need to, I need to work, work into the 40 mile weeks. I don't, I don't think I'll be setting that goal. I do want to try to Everest something. And I actually live on a street that's called Mount Everest. Yeah. Um, but it's flat though. That's the only it's, problem. It's not flat. It's, it's got, you know, it's got like 60 feet of, uh, of gain. So to do the 29,000 feet of, of gain, it, it would be quite a few laps up and down the hill. So, so I Andy, haven't quite counted it out. You've ever said what 30 times this year? Me? Oh, um, no, I, I never, I don't think I ever did a full Everest, like where you just go straight, but yeah, I mean. Uh, I, I, when you do UTMB, you do 35,000 feet. So the, the, I, I've done it like that, but you, you guys both live in San Diego area. Yeah. You, you might be able to do it at like, uh, you know, Kuyamaka. They, they, oh, they yeah. have that, uh, that peak out there and that's a pretty good one to go up and down. Yeah. But, about, I mean, if you've ever looked at like the Everesting website, like a lot of people have Everested, you know, all over Southern California and they're usually about, a kilometer in length as much okay. elevation as you can get in a kilometer. And then you just, you do it, you know, 60 or 80 times in a row. And uh, I haven't written it down because once I write it down, then it's a real goal. You've got a pen in your hand, write it down right now. I know. I know. Great. Andy, thanks for joining us. Uh, hey, thank I really you. appreciate it. Good luck in 2021. And uh, I look forward to, to seeing what you accomplished this year. I appreciate it. Have a nice night. All yeah. right. Andy. Thanks, Andy. That was amazing. All right. <laughs> that guy, how are you keep finding these like next and next and next? I'm like, no, okay. That was the craziest thing I've ever fucking heard. Yeah. Randoneering. That's yeah. That's, randoneering swimming the, you know, the triple crown of swimming and I'm like right across the, America. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with these people? Nothing, Greg. You should join us. Come drink the juice. It's great. I mean, yeah, I ran what uh, Dave down the street is. He, he wants to do a marathon like next month. So he's like, oh, I'm going to do my 15 miler. I was like, oh, OK. 
And so I ran with him for like, I don't know, like eight miles. And he's, and he's like, dude, you, you can just go. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so I took off and like, I felt really good. And so then I was like, I just did 15. I can do 18 next week. And then I'm like, I should do a 50. I should do a 50. Yes. That's right. You know what you do? A, I, we said this before, if you do an ultra, I'll do a triathlon with you. Um, uh, how about I mean, three miles never, tomorrow? Um, we never, we never finished our, our bet. We, we got to redo it. I mean, it's been so long. Yeah. It doesn't count. We failed miserably. I have, I've gained weight since then, but I'm down, I'm, I'm down a little bit. I'm down to like 192. Oh, I'm getting closer to you. <laughs> so thanks for joining, uh, listening to the endurance athlete podcast. Be sure to subscribe, listen, give us a, a follow. You can join us on Facebook, Greg, at some point, uh, Facebook group, The Endurance Athlete. Happy 2020-21, and uh, we'll see you coming up. We've got some new episodes coming up in the next week or two.